0: Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast, the greatest soccer podcast in the history of mankind, run by yours truly, Alex Alcazaz, aka the Bear of Texas, and today will be a great day to remember for the nation of Manchester United, as Manchester United pulled off The miracle of a comeback, eliminating Barcelona from the 2022-23 UEFA Europa League Tournament. Quite frankly, the interesting part out of everything is that this is the first time in over 10 years that Manchester United has beaten Barcelona. Now, Barcelona has beaten Manchester United twice in the Champions League Final. 2009 and 2011 and of course in 2019 they eliminated manchester united from the champions league manchester united has been licking their chops waiting for the opportunity to finally return the favor they finally did it today manchester united looked absolutely amazing especially in the second half of that match now i did briefly speak to my good buddy the fiercely opinionated Mr. Josh McSwain. Now, we didn't go too deep into detail with our thoughts, but since I know that he'll be listening, I know he'll give his thoughts in the comments. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. And once he does, please be sure to read what he has to say, because Josh McSwain knows what the deal is, baby. Anyway, I gotta be honest, because today at work... Since it was not so busy, I was actually able to do my job and actually keep my eye, eye on the TV screen. What's extremely interesting is that today, at work, at Twin Peaks, not the kind of place that would fit the soccer environment, we had numerous customers come in and actually request at the, the TV channel to be at that specific game. So, of course, the manager in charge comes up to me and say. Alex, did you set this up or something? Because apparently the management of where I work, they know damn well that I love soccer. And I said, no, sir, I did not. But I told you that one way or the other, you will have soccer fans come into this magnificent establishment. I mean, it's Twin Peaks, baby. Go in, grab a nice cold beer, watch some sports, have fun, just relax. Now, the game being at 2 o'clock, honestly, that kind of gave an advantage. But, you know, for me... Because I think the last one was actually early in the morning. Because keep in mind, when I'm at work, the first three hours is doing bar prep. And then after that, you know, from 11 to 4, my usual shift, it's basically me bar backing. Although today was quite a different story. Now, believe it or not, I honestly, I honestly believe that Manchester United, believe it or not, was under a tremendous amount of pressure because this was the second leg. And this was at Old Trafford. Okay. Now, a lot of people strongly insist that Manchester United was the favorite, but I quite honestly beg to differ. I honestly believe Barcelona was the overwhelming favorite because, you know, I'm not I'm not exactly too sure because Barcelona may still have some financial issues, but Barcelona does have talent. They do look a heck of a lot better. They did recently recently win the Copa de Espana when they beat Real Madrid in the final. So, there's no doubt in everybody's mind that Barcelona, the management and everything, might not be at 100% right now, but Barcelona is actually looking very good. I mean, Barcelona is on top of La Liga, okay? And Barcelona recently won a title, and Barcelona next, believe it or not, they will be in the semi-final of the Copa del Rey, so... Barcelona still has a lot to fight for, but in Barcelona's case, ladies and gentlemen, the fact that they were eliminated from the Champions League in the group stage consecutive times, and now they are out of the Europa League? I mean, yeah. So not being said, I just that Barcelona looks good. Well, for a team that looks good, apparently in the top competition, they did not do well at all. So then again, that's why from a conversation that I had with a Manchester United supporter... After I said the exact same thing, I says, well, Alex, what you said is correct, but then again, now that you bring up the facts of, of how they basically basically losing the Champions League of the Europa League, maybe Barcelona is not that damn good. So basically, I start off with the facts and say maybe they do look good, but then again, maybe not. <laughs> oh, I love my supporters, and I, and I always love talking to soccer fans. Great passion and great knowledge. So the, the way the game started, you know, when Bruno Fernandes early on in the game had the magnificent opportunity to score with a br- brilliant assist from none other than Casemiro, you know, for Bruno Fernandes to be denied by, um, by the Barcelona goalkeeper, you know, that, that was just one hell of a, of a missed opportunity right there. But Barcelona then after that starts basically inflicting the pressure by controlling the ball and attempting to threaten a score. But Manchester United is somehow, some way, miraculously, I, I, I'm not sure how, how I should put it, but they would basically foil it. So, basically, so Manchester United, at basically at every turn, would somehow find a way to foil Barcelona's attack threats. But I said to myself, this cannot stay the way it is. Because if Barcelona keeps trying to threaten and threaten and threaten, and Ma- Manchester United is by the skin of their teeth finding a way to deny them. One way or the other, eventually, Barcelona is going to put the ball into the back of the net. Now, in the 18th minute, when Barcelona took the lead from a penalty uh, kick, after Bruno Fernandes um, apparently fouled a Barcelona player, now, the debate continues. See, because when I was at work, there was a... I mean, the the two main lines, there was like a, a little group of Barcelona fans with Manchester United fans. And honestly... Obviously, it's no surprise that the Manchester United supporters were basically insisting that the penalty was soft, while the Barcelona supporters were basically hell-bent on, the, on, on their view that the penalty was justified. So it's, it's no surprise. One side says, no, that's total BS, while the other one says, no, that was definitely a foul. Now, it, from the looks of it, Bruno Fernandes did appear to foul him. But the argument could be made whether the penalty was soft or or justified. The problem was was that Manchester United in this game overall, Manchester United had missed out on some golden scoring opportunities. So had Barcelona had, po- had Barcelona pulled it off, that would have been the biggest thing, the biggest talking point right there, the numerous missed opportunities because at that point Manchester United had already missed at least two scoring opportunities right there. So Bruno Fernandes, you know, especially because he got denied earlier, a little bit of the frustration, you know, kind of came out of him. So Barcelona gets awarded the penalty, and Robert Lewandowski successfully converts. But the sad part is is that David De Gea managed to actually make contact with the ball, and and basically he almost denied Robert Lewandowski. Now, David De Gea did end up redeeming himself. Man, I'm telling you. Deep in the game, probably around the 88th minute or so, when the Barcelona defender Jules Condé, somebody that I am obviously very, very familiar with, when Jules Condé magnificently headed that ball and David De Gea just out of nowhere denies Jules Condé. That right there was the moment that David De Gea had been hoping for. The moment to fully redeem himself after that penalty blunder. Now, I shouldn't call it a penalty blunder because David De Gea did his job to the best of his ability. He made contact with the ball. Unfortunately, he was unable to do enough to deny Robert Lewandowski. But David De Gea came through at a most crucial moment. So he got his moment of redemption And what an amazing play that was. Now, in the first half, when Barcelona went into the half with a 1-0 lead, a lot of the questions was, was Manchester United was unable to maintain a good amount of control of the ball. They were basically getting badly overwhelmed by Barcelona. I mean, Barcelona, again, Barcelona was doing anything they could to basically manage to advance to the tournament. Now, when the second half uh, um, started... One of the keys that I had is immediately was that Barcelona is basically not gonna let up. So Manchester United knows that. So with Barcelona refusing to let up, because it's a fact, Manchester United is gonna have to basically return the favor and they're gonna have to inflict as much of overwhelming pressure on Barcelona, just like Barcelona had been doing to them. And when Fred scored within two minutes and we finally had a game, I said, Well, that is exactly what had to be done. Level the game. Early on in the second half. And at that point, we we knew we had ourselves a game that was going to end on on quite a thriller. Man, I'm telling you, Fred. I mean, you know, this whole game. Anthony, Fred, Casemiro. I mean, the unique, brilliant midfield trio right there. The new world order of Brazilian midfield of today's soccer. Too sweet, baby. NWO for life, baby. (laughs) I love putting those pro wrestling twists in the soccer, y'all. But, so when Fred, Fred scores, I mean, I'm telling you, that magnificent goal right there, I mean, oh, oh boy, I mean, just, just right there, out of, you know, in, in full force like that, I mean, Manchester United just had to basically dissect the Barcelona defense to just make it through like that. And when Manchester United put the, 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 the score, you know, on level, I mean, a lot of pressure was basically taken off of Manchester United's shoulders. So at that point, we had a game. But it was by no means over yet because aggregate was 3-3. So that being said, if after 90 minutes it was still 1-1, we would go into extra time. So at that point, Manchester United is continuing to basically kind of maintain control a little bit. Now Barcelona ended up with 57% of ball possession throughout the entire game. Now, a total of three shots on target for Barcelona and one of them converted off of a penalty. So David De Gea came out strong, you know, twice. I mean, it came out strong several times, but those two shots on targets, those big, those big saves, huh, Nothing you, you can't take that away. Huh, you cannot take that away from David De Gea. But five shots on target from Manchester United and, and convert, converting twice. So at the end of the day, if we're going to give credit to David De Gea, we have to give credit to the Barcelona goalkeeper, who, of course, as we know, is Mark Ter Stegen. And I hope I pronounced that correctly. If I did not, I deeply apologize. Now, one of the surprising things in this game, you know, it's well, I shouldn't say it's surprising. I should rather say it's unfortunate because um, Usman Dembele did not play in this one. Now, as far as Usman Dembele goes, I haven't really heard too much about him. I mean, you know, the, the fact that he was not in this one, I mean, he's also expected to miss uh, the first leg of the Barcelona Copa del Rey El Clasico with uh, Real Madrid this weekend. So it's unfortunate, but, you know, Barcelona was also without Pedri as well. So Barcelona, you know, was without two major players, but, you know, either way, I mean, they still had they still had more than enough support to be able to get the job done against Manchester United, but they just simply didn't. Now, as far as Usman Dembélé goes, I actually was not aware that he had been injured. So, you know, apparently he's dealing with a left leg injury. You know, Ferran Torres and Ansu Fati actually both entered the game, but I believe they they did actually start off on the bench. So you know, in this one over here, you know the substitutions. I mean, we talk about the substitutions. That is something that Eric Ten Hag got absolutely correct on this one. Now, Anthony was all, was started off on the bench, and then Alejandro Garnacho. You know, when Al- Alejandro Garnacho came in the game, I mean, it was the perfect time. But the same thing with Anthony, because Anthony is the one who scored the game-winning goal in the 73rd minute. And that moment, you want to talk about redemption? That was one hell of a moment right there. What once. Once, twice, you know, several times in that particular situation. Manchester United gets denied and denied. And then Anthony right there. Perfect place, perfect time. He put the ball into the back of the net. My goodness. Bruno Fernandes basically gets the ball, you know, past the defender. Kind of tries to set up a cross. Gets it like that. First guy is denied. Second guy is denied. And Anthony is right there. Third time was the charm. Anthony scored from a magnificent fashion. It was beautiful. A beautiful way to score a game-winning goal. Now, the Manchester United supporters that I was talking to, one of them obviously was rather disappointed that Marcus Rashford did not find the back of the net. But I said, well, Marcus Rashford has been absolutely lights out. So, you know what? At least, because I said at the end of the day, if we're only counting on Marcus Rashford to score the goals, that is not a good thing. Because if we're only counting on Marcus Trasher, that means that we have no team. Manchester United has no team. So at least the other brilliant, magnificent talent was able to score the goal. I mean, especially for Anthony. I mean, I'm telling you, Alejandro Garnacho. I mean, this dude, this dude comes in the game and then the rhythm even changes in the favor of Manchester United. I'm telling you, Alejandro Garnacho. this dude, I have a feeling this dude has a huge future with Manchester United. As a matter of fact, I believe that Alejandro Garnacho is on the verge of signing a um, a massive extension with, with Manchester United. It has been said recently that it, I think it was about a five-year deal. I think it's been it's like agreed in principle. I'm not sure if the if the deal was ever fully confirmed. Um, about eight hours ago, from DailyMail.com United Kingdom, he's actually basically on, uh, basically on, on the verge of signing a new deal. So okay. I said that he's close to agreeing on a new contract with the club. Okay. And I said, "Oh, wow, we'll, we'll look at that. <laughs> Check this out." It say he said to he's he set to receive a significant pay raise, you know, a, a, a weekly pay raise because apparently it says here that Real Madrid is interested in getting Alejandro Garnacho, which is no surprise because Real Madrid can get just whoever whoever the heck they want. Well, kind of. I mean, they wanted Mbappe, but Mbappe didn't want to go there, but that's another story for another time. But But, you know, I've I've spoke about this with the fiercely opinion, Mr. Josh McSwain. You know, another menu supporter, Mr. Rod Angelis, who's a strong supporter of this show, who's been on the show before, and I would definitely love to have him back. And I spoke with those menu supporters. I mean, Alejandro Garnacho, you know, the dude is just absolutely magnificent. Absolutely magnificent. I mean, he's only 18 years old. And he's already made an impact for the club. So... (laughs) So I mean, for him in his case, you know, for him to be brought in by Erik ten Hag and have the opportunity to to get a significant amount of playing time in a game where you eliminate Barcelona and you actually make an impact, I mean, that right there is a is is a, is a is momentum for your career. Now Marcel Sabitzer, the re, the recent guy that Manchester United acquired from Bayern Munich, who's still on loan for Bayern Munich, the Austrian uh, the Austrian midfielder actually didn't see any playing time, but you know. I think in this one, because lately he, he had been getting some playtime, especially in Premier League play, so, you know, I guess it was good for him to have to have the night off as well, so, you know, Harry Maguire, Terrell Molossi also, you know, stayed on on the bench as well, so, but, you know, I'm telling you, in this one, Eric Ten Hag, you know, got the substitution decisions, he got them right, and, you know, at, at first, you know, early in the game, you know, things were just not looking good, and then Eric Ten Hag basically just finds a way to brilliantly improvise and just, you know, take a risk, and, and and the gamble just paid off. So, now, <laughs> you know all, all this particular situation, you know, involving Frankie de Jong, who of course Manchester United was was basically they had a, they had an offer for him. You know, it, it, looked, it looked as though the deal had been made, but the whole thing with Frankie de Jong does not happen. And man, man, oh man, oh man, you know, it's ironic that Frankie de Jong snubbed Manchester United to opting to stay with Barcelona, and apparently this happens. to this happens. And check this out. According to Fabrizio Romano, Manchester United fans chanted at the end of the game, and I quote, Frankie, Frankie, what's the score? Unquote. So so Manchester United fans can exact extracted a bit of revenge on Frankie de Jong. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, it's ironic that Frankie de Jong snubbed Manchester United, opting to stay with Barcelona, and then Manchester United knocks off Barcelona. I guess we can say that Frankie de Jong going to Manchester United... Not going to be happening at all. It's probably never going to be thought of again. Quite frankly, there's no reason to ever even think of that. Because the fact of the matter is, Manchester United does not need Frankie de Jong. Not at all. I mean, with all that talent right there, it's an easy decision. I mean, you got Fred, Casemiro, just to name a few. I mean, Anthony as well. Marcel Sabitzer. <laughs> You know, Alejandro Garnacho. So yeah, why, why that? Why the hell should should Manchester United even bother with, with Frankie De Jong at this point? I mean, of course, there's Christian Eriksen who's still who's still injured. I mean, I'm not sure exactly how long he's going to be out. Probably still for a couple more weeks. I would at least at least a couple more months, at least. But you know, but right right now, Manchester United is just kind of salvaging it right, right now. You know, in the midfield position, and you know, Erik ten Hag was able to compromise and basically improvise, and everything's looking good. I mean, I'm and I'm telling you. Eric Ten Hag It's just been, you know, because I got to imagine, if today is special, I mean, it could be a very special week for Manchester United because this week, this weekend, they play in a Carabao Cup final against Newcastle United at Wembley Stadium. So Manchester United this weekend, they could win their very, very first piece of hardware for the first time since 2017. Manchester United has gone so long without winning a title. They are hell-bent and determined to ending that this week. They could very well win a title this week, and God, quite frankly, I hope they do. I hope they do. Now, looking at the schedule, so the EFL Cup final is on Sunday against Newcastle, and Wednesday, March 1st, they'll play a fifth-round FA Cup game against West Ham United, and March 5th, they will play Liverpool on the road. So, so right now, you know, from the looks of it, Manchester United is a very exciting road ahead, but you know, still a lot of work to be done. But Manchester United can be proud of themselves because they earned their way to victory today against Barcelona. And my God, I have never seen you know Manchester United be so disciplined, so motivated, so focused. I mean, right, right now, right, right now. Honestly, you know, they're still in rebuild mode, but it can honestly say that tremendous progress is being made, indeed, and hopefully it keeps up. So. Many, many congratulations to Manchester United, and keep up the good work. Now, before I let you go, I want to take a briefly look, uh, take a look at where Barcelona goes from here. As I mentioned earlier, on actually um, soon, uh, soon, uh, Thursday, uh, March second, they'll have their semi, their first semi-final leg against Real Madrid in the Copa del Rey. Now, this Sunday, Barcelona will play a, a game, a La Liga match on the road, but. You know, for right now, and, and the se- the, se- the second leg of the semifinal will be uh, April will be on the fifth of April. So, so now with Barcelona out of the Champions League and out of the Europa League, I mean, it's got to be extremely frustrating for them. But uh, they're still in one competition. Well, two technically because they, they can still win. They're still in the La Liga, and they they have a they have a, basically an advantage right there. You know, looking at basically, um, you know how uh, Bar- Barcelona has been doing. You know, especially in La Liga play. Uh, you know, you know it, it. It is what it is. But you know, for as far as Barcelona goes, uh, I think at the end of the day, they did they did in fact uh, underestimate Manchester United big time. I mean, in the first leg it was two to two, and Manchester United basically you know kind of copped up that late goal that ended ended in a draw. You know what I said? It, it's not big the end of the world because Manchester United can seal the deal at Old Trafford. And that is exactly what they did. Manchester United ought to be very, very proud of themselves, and they must keep it up. Ladies and gentlemen, Into the Net FC is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. So please, please, please subscribe if you love soccer Into the Net FC is the show for you. I promise you that, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very, very much. Y'all have a good night. God bless. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator.